Welcome to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast, here to give you the knowledge and inspiration to take the next steps in the world of property. Your weekly dose of property market updates, top tips on buying, selling, renting and investing in property. From your expert estate agents and through interviews with industry specialists. We're here to answer your questions. So here's your host, serial entrepreneur and estate agent, David Thomas. Hello everybody, David here and welcome to this very special edition of Assy Estate Agent Podcast. In today's episode, we are interviewing Julie White from Cornerstone Tax and she's joining us with over 30 years um, experience in specifically property tax um, and she's going to talk to us about stamp duty land tax, a little bit about section 24 and how that affects landlords and a range of other subjects which I hope will be really useful to you. So um, we've been putting out on social media, asking for your tax questions, um, and Julie's here now to discuss them all with us. So without further ado, um, let's go over to Julie. Hi Julie, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for inviting me along, David. (laughs) No, that's that's our pleasure. So obviously um, property tax, really, really confusing subject for most people. so it'd be great to have your expertise on here, talk a bit about stamp duty land tax and any other areas. So do you want to just give us a bit of an insight as to your career, Cornerstone, what you do? Yes, certainly. Um, I'm a chartered accountant trained about uh, 30-something years ago. We'll, we'll gloss over that, but um, have at least 20 years' experience um, in property tax. Um, I went through the usual route of... Um, the big firms um, training as an accountant and then specialised in property tax when I moved to um, a FTSE 100 company, British Land, back in the year um, 1999. And so um, have been dealing with just property tax issues and specifically stamp duty land tax over the last 20 years. And um, I now um, work with Cornerstone Tax, who are a, a niche property tax consultancy based in these Midlands um, near Market Harbour, so Leicestershire, but we cover all of these Midlands and actually we've got many clients nationally who, right. who we are helping deal with all sorts of property tax, um, as I say, from SDLT to corporation tax, income tax, capital gains tax, inheritance tax, all taxes which can be affected by the fact that you hold property. Mm, yeah. So how do you typically help people buying property at the moment? Because obviously stamp duty land tax has been a lot of changes recently and if you're buying a second property, there's other factors as well. So, Yes, I mean, we, we can advise um, individuals who are buying their main residence uh, or if they are buy-to-let um, individuals who are landlords or property investors, property dealers, um, we can help them with, with any tax issues that arise. Um, we also work with property developers and property partnerships um, and companies as well. There's many, many people now who are operating their property portfolios out of companies, um, effectively helping them to minimise their taxes, taxes relating to property transactions. Right. Um, and, and, you know, this could be individual property purchases. It can be the restructuring of holding property portfolios, transferring properties between individuals and other entities, partnerships, transfer properties between family members, or leaving assets such as property for future generations. Because as Mm. we all know, property is an asset, which in most people's portfolio is probably the most uh, valuable asset that they hold in their estate. Mm. And of course, there are lots of issues when you're looking to transfer property um, down to future generations, 
Um, nobody likes to think about um, things like that, um, their own demise. But obviously, it makes sense if you've paid a lot of tax to get yourself to a position where you do hold properties, then obviously you want to make sure that you're keeping as much of that as possible to pass on to other other family members. Yeah. No, what really sort of struck me there was the the sort of restructuring from different because obviously landlords at the moment have had a lot going on where they're thinking where they might have privately owned properties as they're just themselves thinking about putting it into a company structure for for the section 24 and we'll probably touch on that a bit more later on but you can obviously help with all of that and whether it's actually tax efficient to do it or not and oh absolutely it's it's a very big um hot topic at the mm. moment as you've rightly pointed out david where um, there are a number of clients who we who we work with and individuals who own property could be in their own name as sole traders, could be in partnership with a family member, husband, wife, or or um, a, a business partner. Mm-hmm. And those people at the moment, um, because of the changes to Section 24 in the Finance Act 2015, um, which brought in changes as from April 2017, reducing effectively the tax deductible amount that you can set against your rental income for any mortgage interest that you're paying. Now, of course, a lot of buy-to-let portfolios are based on quite highly geared um, structures and scenarios. So if you can't get tax relief for the interest that you're paying on those loans, it 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 does actually eat into your margin and mm. it can make it marginal as to whether it's worth operating a property portfolio if you can't get the deduction yeah. for, for the interest. No. And it's, it's had a huge impact on the buy-to-let market. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that with our own clients and particularly the larger portfolios where they were they were making really, really good profit under the existing structure. But then, you know, over that period of time when it comes in, it literally takes all the profit out of it. Absolutely. And of course, that coupled with um, the additional rate SDLT, which we'll talk Mm. about um, a little later. Um, that's also affecting anyone who's buying a property where it isn't their their main residence or it's an additional property in their portfolio. They're going to have to pay additional stamp duty land tax on top of the stamp duty land tax they would have already been paying. So it's a double whammy almost. And that's, as I say, has had a significant impact on people's business decisions about how to hold their property portfolio. And actually, in some cases, whether it's actually worth continuing. And of course, that's had an impact on... Um, actually flooding the market with quite a lot of properties that are in the buy-to-let um, yeah. s- sphere. No, so, we've seen that as well. Yeah, so, and that obviously depresses prices, which yeah. isn't good um, either. No, no. So, certainly not for property portfolio um, holders. It might be good for buyers, um, but obviously clearly not good for property investors. No, no, exactly. That's the, that's the weird thing is what almost damages investors tends to help first-time buyers, which is great because it gives them the opportunities to get on the market. But um, it's the wider picture of how the property market suffers that I think people need to think about. Oh, absolutely. And as we know, the property market generally is a a fairly good bellwether for the state of the economy and and people's views about how things are going economically. And if the property market um, is having a quiet period, let's say, Mm. it's usually because the economy as a whole um, is is having a difficult period. And of course, you know, I don't have to mention that dreaded word Brexit, (laughs) but of course, that's had an enormous impact, not just on the property market, but on industry generally throughout the UK and manufacturing. And of course, at the moment, there's a lot of um, uncertainty and that does affect people's judgment as to whether they want to buy property or what the price is if they are going to buy. So yes, you're you're Mm. absolutely right. It has significant 
effects on yeah. the market. So do you mind just briefly running over how much stamp duty land tax is now? Because there was recent changes and then obviously there's a second property element to it as well. So just yes, to give people course. an update on that. Yes, I mean, I mean, we're busy talking about stamp duty <laughs> land taxes if everybody knows what it is. But basically, I think most of you know, if you buy a property, um, you end up having to pay an additional tax hmm. on buying that property on the actual transaction itself. Uh, many people view it as a bit of a dead tax for that reason. You're not getting anything for it, but it's just a tax on that transaction. And it's the tax is actually based on the percentage of the price paid for the property um, or the value if it's transferred between parties or family members. Um, it will be looked at in terms of the value of that property. And it's paid for by the purchaser of the property, not the vendor, not the seller. It's the purchaser's liability. And the current tax is structured on a, a step system. It's been through many um, metamorphoses, stamp duty land tax, but in its current guise, it was introduced in 2003 and split away from stamp duty, which is the tax you pay on shares. Um, it's a step system where if you, the first chunk of a transaction is usually on a residential property is um, 0% stamp duty, but that's up to 125,000. Now, there's not that many properties these days which are under 125,000. So um, despite the fact there are first-time buyer reliefs, um, anything over 125,000 now, you're going to start paying SDLT. And if it's between 125 and £250,000 your purchase, you'll be looking at 2% on the asking price. Between 250000 and 925000 it's 5%. And that 925,000 level is really acting as a break in the market. If you've got someone who's got a house that they're selling for maybe a million, a lot of people are thinking, well, actually, I don't want to pay more than 925 because anything over 925, um, you'd pay 10% on. So not 10% on the whole 925. You'd still pay your 2% up to 250 on that 125, 5% on the next chunk between 250 and 925, which is about 675,000, that middle bit. Then anything over 925, you're paying 10% on. And of course, if you get up, if you're fortunate enough to be able to buy a house of one and a half million and above, um, you're into the giddy heights of 12% stamp duty land tax, which is an astonishingly high tax rate in anybody's book for mm. buying your main residence. And if you are buying a residential property into a company, which is just a shell company, not a trading company, but just a shell company, all it does is hold that property, nothing else. Potentially, you've got SDLT of 15% and also anniversary charges. So there has been a real disincentive um, introduced by the government to make sure that people aren't buying properties into companies um, because they were in the past saving quite a lot of stamp duty when selling it on to a prospective purchaser who was buying the shares in that company. So there's been a real disincentive now to mm. put properties into companies. But I think regardless of that, the tax rates for SDLT in anybody's book now are incredibly significant. And it's a stealth tax almost, they're put up as and when every few years and mm. gone are the days when it was that irritating 1% that you used to just put on the mortgage and forget about. Mm. It's not that easy to forget about 10 or 12% of the purchase price. No, it's becoming much more of um, a thought that people are actually having to factor in when they're even searching now because they just, the, the rates are actually quite confusing as well. So they don't really sort of factor it in enough, but you're starting to see people getting much more savvy about thinking about this and factoring it in. Oh, absolutely. And, and then once you're at the higher levels, um, mm. it's it becomes it a major breaker. factor. And it can be, yes, you're absolutely right, a deal breaker. Mm. There are many clients who say, well, we'll pay half your SDLT then if you're if we're selling it and, and the, mm. the SDLT is acting as a real break. Yes, um, we want to sell for a million, but you don't want to pay more than 925 because you don't want to be doubling your SDLT on that top slice. Yeah. Um, I've seen some um, vendors say, well, we'll pay that SDLT, um, effectively reimburse you 
for that additional amount. Just to get the deal. Just to get the deal through. So, and I mean, you know, that that's a situation we've not really seen no. in the past. You might have had that with commercial deals, but on residential deals, it's really acted as a huge break, certainly in the outlying areas of London and other, other um, mm. counties like we are here in Nottinghamshire, Leicestershire, um, Lincolnshire, whatever. Um, 925 does act as a real break. In London, of course, the 1.5 acts as a real break yeah. um, because you're over then into 12%. But it's had a significant impact even in London where you know you tend to think that people are a bit more cushioned and there is the disposable income. Mm. Well, I know from, um, you know, I've heard a lot of London agents getting vocal about that the stamp duty changes have literally killed the London market. Mm. It's stopped the bigger transactions. And, you know, do you think that that was their specific target, was to stop I think foreign all, buyers and the SPV route and things like that? Because it yes. does seem it's significantly of taxed course, now. But I do think they've cut their nose off despite their face rather, mm. because I don't think they had realised the impact would be as significant no. as it has been. And of course, coupled with, as I say, the economic um, conditions that we, we currently yeah, have yeah. in the UK, it's 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 actually um, been probably a lot worse than it might have been. Mm. But I think, you know, the days when uh, uh, people who own expensive properties just think, oh, well, you know, we'll just pay the tax now. I think there's been a, a real rethink on the part of individuals. And as you say, people just don't have the money. If you're paying, you know, say £2 million for property and, you know, that's a lot of money, you know, to then be paying almost £300,000 in, in SDLT, that's a, it's a huge number. Mm. No. And I think even at 12%, people bulk at that, even if they've got deep pockets. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it has, as I said, been a, a real um, deal breaker. And I think if the revenue, if, if the government continue with these levels of stamp duty land tax, I think that it potentially, if we did go into recession after Brexit or something happened even more drastic economically than they're, they're mm. already saying, I think it could kill the property market completely for quite a mm. few years, like it did back in the in the nineties when prices didn't really go up for mm. six years. Those of us who remember ninety one to ninety seven remember that. Mm. And you know the country is not going to fare very well if that's no. going to happen. No, well I know that's the talk down in London that that's what their fear is as well. Yes, yeah, so if it, it isn't relaxed or changed, then there's there's almost no movement in the market to be able to to sort of get prices moving again. Absolutely. So. And when you think, you know, on a property just costing 750000 the SDLT would be 27500 mm. But if you actually um, double that and say you're buying a house for £1.5 the SDLT would be 151000 So it's not just double the 27500 on a £750,000. It's, it's, you know, yeah. not, it's not tripled. It's, 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 you know, it's like eight times yeah. the amount just because you're buying a house that's twice the price. So they're definitely targeting the high end Absolutely, market. because the perception is those are the people in that the country. That can afford to pay it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's all about taxing the wealthier people mm. in society. And one of the ways of, I suppose, of sniffing out those wealthier people is, is property transactions because they can mm. afford to buy more expensive properties. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just touch, those, these are obviously residential rates, which clearly is... is um, one of the big talking points. But even commercial rates have gone up, you know, for, for non-residential properties, they call it now. So if you're buying an office block, hotel, whatever it might be, anything that's not a dwelling and non-residential. Um, in the past, SDLT used to be much more favourable than it was on residential property. And it was 0% up to 150 grand. And then you paid um, a stepped rate up to 4% over 500,000. 500, over 500, well, now it's 
5% on over 250,000. So again, mm. it's gone up by 1% and they've reduced the threshold, which you then go into paying that tax. So overnight, com- even commercial yeah. um, SDLT on non-residential property has gone up quite significantly. So what are there any things that consumers can be aware of and, and almost factor in to... Well, one of the, I think one of the things that we at Cornerstone Tax can provide, and we've seen a lot of this type of thing in the last couple of years, is that people really need to be looking to get professional advice on SDLT matters alone. And it might mm. sound a bit overboard, but usually uh, an individual will go to um, their solicitor when they're buying a house, he will deal with all of the conveyancing, and they will, of course, fill in a stamp duty land tax return. And I mean, many buyers don't even know what stamp duty land tax return looks like, but it's something that the solicitor deals with. Um, it's a form-filling exercise for the revenue, and the solicitors almost act as unofficial tax collectors for um, HMRC because they calculate the tax based on the revenue calculator and... Um, the number comes out and that's what goes on the SDLT return and the client will pay that. Now, I think clients need to be asking solicitors, have they have they made sure that they as an individual are paying the right amount of SDLT? Because there are some significant reliefs out there which mm. are available to people buying individual properties, particularly if it's got a granny annex or if it's got land attached to it. Um, it might have stables, workshops. So you could be looking more at rural type of properties. But if you're buying a property in a t- town or a city that's got an annex, potentially a granny annex for parents or an, a, a, a self-contained annex, mm. then potentially you might be able to claim um, reliefs which would enable you to reduce your stamp duty liability quite significantly. But if mm. solicitors aren't aware of that, then just going on the revenue calculator, the HMRC website, and using the calculator, putting in the purchase price, it will, and it will ask you some very basic questions about, is the property um, leasehold or freehold? Is it residential? Is it non-residential? Is it an individual buying the house? Is it your main residence? Very basic questions. It's not going to flush out often whether these reliefs potentially could be used. Mm. And so it could be missed. And I think um, client, individuals who are buying houses need to be asking their solicitors what advice they are taking on stamp duty land tax. Because solicitors, although they provide the convincing service, they aren't tax advisors. And mm. they make it very clear that they are not tax advisors when engaging with the client. Um, so I think it's you know imperative that you know, people buying houses, purchasers, are asking the right sort of questions. Yeah. It may be that they will be paying the right amount of tax, and that's mm. fine. But we estimate at Cornerstone that about one in six transactions um, are incorrect in mm. terms of the amount of SDLT that is paid and submitted on an SDLT return. So I think that just shows you, and it's not deliberate, it's just that often um, mm. it, solicitors and individuals are not aware of the reliefs that are out there. No. And of course, HMRC don't do a very good job of publicising the fact that they are available because, of course, as far as they're concerned, they would like to maximise the amount of SDLT that they are bringing into the coffers. And it might surprise clients to, to know that we estimate the tax to be anywhere between $9 billion and about $12 billion, um, for 2017-2018. And that is more than capital gains tax. It's more than inheritance tax. And it's actually about 25% of corporation tax that UK companies pay. 
So it's actually a very significant tax. You know, I mm. spoke earlier about it being a stealth tax. It's yeah. risen steadily over the years, and there's been a bit of a hoo-ha, and then people forget and just carry on paying. It's a bit mm. like petrol at the, p- the pumps, you know, a bit of a hoo-ha, but mm. we've got no choice. Um, but I think you can see that it is a real money spinner. Yeah, and it's also got a lot more complex, which has meant it's actually harder for people to get their head around it and understand it. Which is and then- necessitates... Clients and individuals with buying property really yeah. to think about getting specialist advice. Yeah. Whereas um, I think they've just trusted the conveyancer and the solicitor to do that bit, and that's it. But and, and the majority of the time, it, everything yeah. you know, it, it's correct. But when but, it's one in six, it's worth. Yeah. And particularly when it's it tends to be a property, a bigger property, perhaps with outbuildings and land or um, some kind of you know uh, rights of way over it, whatever it might be. Mm. There potentially are are things that we can do. And as I say, if you've got uh, an annex in the property or a self-contained studio or in the grounds, then again, there are things that you can do to claim release. Also, if you're buying a property that is part of a a probate deal where someone's died and the personal representatives are selling, again, there are SDLT release that can be claimed there. Um, There's all sorts of things. that Is that just because it being probate them? Yes, absolutely. So there are... Other things um, in the legislation, buried and deep in the, uh, the, the the complex, as you say, SDLT legislation, the Finance Act 2003 is where most of the legislation is contained. There are um, reliefs in there that many people, including conveyancing solicitors, are not aware of. Right. And cornerstone tax um, actually provide a service to solicitors to come in and potentially do a, a forensic review of transactions if solicitors think that there may be some transactions where um, potentially there's possibility to reduce the SDLT. And clearly that the point is here, if we can be involved, if cornerstone tax are involved when a transaction is actually happening, it's better Mm. that the taxpayer doesn't actually pay over too much and then have to claim a refund. And there is a mechanism by which refunds can be claimed within a 12-month period where the stamp duty land tax return can just be amended, um, or up to four years, but you would, where it goes beyond 12 months, you then have to um, go through a different process, and that involves writing to the stamp office and explaining why you think you've overpaid. And of course, um, HMRC um, tend to ask a lot more questions um, when you're into that scenario, but potentially there is the ability to reclaim. Right. Um, refunds and and there are significant refunds being made. HMRC don't like publishing the figures, but we think the figures for the last um, two quarters in 2017 were 118 million and, and 88 million um, right. in refunds. Now a lot of that is to do with main residence refund, and we'll touch on that with the additional rate. But mm. A lot of that is to do with reliefs being missed. Right. So if there's people out there that think. They might have one of those properties, and they might they can obviously come to you directly. And Absolutely, and we will um, have a review of the transaction um, to see that um, the correct amount of tax is has been paid. And usually, some fairly basic questions can flush out whether there is scope to mm. have claimed a relief or not. But if it's beyond four years, then there is nothing we can do. Mm. And of course, there's solicitors who we use um, who come to us and ask us to do a forensic review of any transactions they think. Um, where there might be scope to obtain a refund for a client. And um, David Hanna, who is the founder of Cornerstone, um, he is uh, a lecturer for SD- on SDLT um, for central law training. And um, that's a, 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 an educational um, lecturing uh, business that provides CPE 
um, for solicitors um, undertaking training throughout their career. So mm. we are one of the preferred suppliers on providing their SDLT training. And I think that just shows you um, mm. that there's expertise absolutely and, where yeah. the expertise is. Great. So touching on, obviously, um, just home buyers could come to you if they think that they've purchased something and there, there may be a refund there. But just to touch as well on the additional rate, which has hit the market quite badly. And mm. you tend to think that's going to hit mainly by to let investors that are buying a second or a third property. But we were talking earlier that it can actually affect people in a chain that might be trying to break the chain, hold their existing property and then buy ahead that they're ending up paying that second surcharge, the second rate on that as well. So uh, Absolutely. I mean, in addition to the, the rates that we've talked about applying on SDLT between sort of 2 and 12%, mm. um, the, <clears throat> the revenue uh, brought in um, a provision back in um, 2015, introduced in 2017, which basically said that um, <clears throat> the additional rate of SDLT, I think it applied from 2016, apologies for that, um, 3% was going to be charged on any transaction where um, it's a second home or it's an additional property. Mm. And as you've rightly said, David, that clearly catches buy-to-let investors. It clearly catches any any individual or business buying a residential property that isn't the, the only property in the portfolio. But it does, quite rightly, as you say, affect many people who are buying a new main residence, another main residence. They're currently in a, their only main residence and because of timing issues, they're buying a new main residence, but they haven't yet sold their current main residence. So um, what they might do is get a bridging loan to enable them to buy the new main residence, move into that, but they've still got a main residence, which they used to hold. But And just because that wasn't a buy-to-let property, it might become one because in the interim, while they're trying to sell it, they might try and rent it out. Mm. But the fact that you haven't sold your main residence means that you have to pay the additional 3% tax upfront, regardless and you will only you can ha- you, there is a, a period um, through which you can actually reclaim that three percent once you've sold your own main residence, mm. um, and you have to do that within a certain amount of time of um, buying your new main residence, and um, you can then reclaim the three percent that um, you, you've you've effectively paid upfront. Right. Um, but there are probably many taxpayers who aren't aware of um, the fact that they can reclaim it and what the mechanism is to do so. And again, there is um, a time period um, beyond which um, you, you can't reclaim the tax. Right. So that you know, within within twelve months of selling your main residence, you must then re- reclaim the tax. And um, there's a lot of people, I think, who are missing that. Yeah. So again, yeah. they need to be getting advice from their solicitors, who should um, be told um, that. As soon as you, you know, the client should be told by the solicitor, as soon as you sell your mate up your old main residence, then um, we need to then do a, a form to uh, get them that additional three percent back. But of course, I think there's probably clients who no, who who wouldn't have known no. that it was there for exactly. them really. So again, taking specialist advice is is paramount. Yeah. I think in being able to get back what's rightfully yours. Yeah. Um, and it seems very unfair. I think a lot of people thought when the 3% came in, it just was going to affect people that had property portfolios. Yeah. And that was the idea. But this has been an unfortunate, um, this, this result with the main residence has been an unfortunate sort of uh, kickback from, from that legislation. Mm. And the revenue know about it, they're aware, but they're not going to change the rules. No, they're making plenty Because of money they're out. saying, well, you get it back. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, which, you know, you can understand their point of view, but it's mm. not great for the taxpayer if they weren't aware that there was a time limit within which they need to claim that tax yeah. back. Yeah. And again, we can, we've been advising clients on how to deal with that. And also we've get many clients who've been advised quite wrongly that they need to pay the 3% additional rate when actually they didn't need to. Really? Yes. And, you know, they might be undertaking a transaction, have been told by this list, this is what the SDLT is, got to pay the additional rate. And actually we've um, been asked for a second opinion maybe by their client because they were aware of us. And in some cases, we've been able to go back to the client and say, no, you don't need to pay the additional rate here. So it's a very complex piece of legislation. Mm. Again, it isn't straightforward. Right. So people can obviously reach out to Cornerstone if they're right. on any transaction like that. Absolutely. Great. And then what other taxes can Cornerstone help with? You obviously mentioned a few at the beginning about inheritance tax, things like that. Yes. What? I mean, we're as a result of um, the issue that we were talking about earlier, where... Um, anyone owning property, um, particularly as a sole trader or a partnership, um, is going to be uh, limited as to the amount of uh, interest relief they can obtain tax deduction for. Okay, so the problem is this has led to a lot of people who own buy-to-lets or have a property portfolio who are individuals or partnerships to think we need to put our properties into a company. Mm. Um, there's a number of good reasons for doing that, of course, the veil of incorporation, it's limited liability. So there are a number of very positive aspects to it, mm. um, which is great. And it means then as well, they can claim the tax relief um, going forward in full. But one of the big issues is um, it creates a stamp duty land tax liability on the value of the properties transferred. Now, if you're a sole trader and it's just you, you own 10 properties, you're going to then, you think to yourself, I'm going to incorporate so that I can, in, I can basically maximise my tax relief um, on the interest that I'm paying on these properties. Um, when the properties are transferred over at their market value, even though you might be the sole shareholder in the company, so effectively in your mind, ownership hasn't really changed hands, mm. um, you're going to end up with a stamp duty land tax liability because there is no provision in the tax legislation to enable you to do that. Now, from a capital gains tax point of view, if you've got a property business and you've got activity, you can roll over the any capital gain arising on the transfer of that business to a company, you can roll it over, right. like, which effectively means you can defer it until such time as the business is disposed of mm. or properties are disposed of out of the business. But there is no such mechanism to do that for stamp duty land tax right. where you've got an individual. So, of course, there's planning that needs to be done because potentially there are things that, that can be done depending on an individual's circum particular circumstances. So the planning that we do on these type of arrangements is very bespoke. Mm. But also you might have individuals who are in partnership together, might be husband, wife, might be family members, might be business partners, um, might be three guys or three ladies in partnership and they own properties a third each, um, and they're thinking, we're now not going to get the tax relief. They're thinking, perhaps we'll incorporate and we'll have a third of the shares each. If they do that, potentially because it's a partnership, they might be able to get tax relief from the SDLT, a complete exemption, provided they meet certain conditions. And again, how would clients know that? No. They might not be getting the right advice. So, And there are a number of solutions that we can provide to clients to be able to um, ensure that they can claim any relief that is due. Um, again, the partnership legislation for SDLT alone is extremely complex in Schedule 15 of the Finance Act 2003. But there is a mechanism that can be used to exempt um, the transfer of those properties to a company from SDLT. So it's a very expensive cost. And again, it can stop people from incorporating. Yeah. I've got a 
portfolio of however many million, whatever it might be, or, you know, hundreds of thousands, I'm going to end up with a stamp duty liability for actually not doing anything. anything. I haven't, the properties are transferred to the company, but I've not actually got any value for that. So where am I going to find that tax? So again, it can be a really difficult decision for people. Mm. They either take the hit on the chin that they're not getting the deduction of the tax relief and stay as a sole trader. Yeah. Or they put this, uh, their property portfolio into a company, get the release from capital gains tax, um, but end up ca- um, triggering a, an SDLT liability. So there are a number so of issues So it really there. is down to the specific circumstances of the investor. Absolutely. The arrangement. Absolutely. So they should always get that advice before Quite. just thinking it's it's a limited company route. Right. And I mean, obviously, they would need capital gains tax advice on, on making sure they've got an activity um, to be able to roll over the gains. Corporation tax, how much tax are they going to pay? They'll be building up profits in the business, in the company. How do they get that out by way of dividends? But of course, again, changes that have come in in the last few years have reduced the, the, the favourability of taking dividends over salary and bonus. Mm. So now you have a dividend allowance that's been eroded and eroded in the last few years. So it's becoming more expensive again to take dividends. So if you put properties into a company and the rents are going to be accumulating in there you've then got that issue of how do i get the money out yeah whereas when you're a sole trader or a partnership the whatever the profit is it's taxed on you as an individual there's yeah. no there's no issue about no. that so it, again that creates issues which we can we can um, obviously advise the client on inheritance tax issues of course where you've got maybe mum and dad owning a property portfolio want to pass off properties to sons, daughters or whatever, grandchildren. Again, there are things that can be done with restructuring property portfolios to try and maximise the tax position um, to ensure that um, you're not paying as much tax as you would if you didn't take advice. So Mm. optimising the tax position um, to ensure that um, clients can do what they want to do by keeping properties and passing the value on to family members, but not triggering um, unnecessary tax liabilities. And of course, um, so those are the main taxes. Income tax is obviously something that uh, will flow from that. If you're an individual, you're paying income tax on your properties. Again, the impact on your income tax position vis-a-vis putting properties into a company. So we can... can, um, advise on all of those matters and and of course there's also property developers who advise so it's not just individuals it's companies property developers um construction companies all those sorts of uh, people who maybe are buying land with permitted right development rights to um, build residential property again there's all sorts of reliefs that you can claim and if the transaction is structured correctly um there may be reliefs out there. And again, we've worked with property developers and local authorities who've been buying up land with permission development um, and reliefs have been missed right. by their advisors. So um, it's it's all about adding value for the client. And we think at Cornerstone, because we are niche and specialised in this area, yeah. we have the capability and the knowledge to, to be able to advise clients um, efficiently and you know most um, of the consultants at uh, cornerstone are either chartered tax advisors chartered accountants they're accounting tax tax technicians or step qualified which is the estate planning for inheritance tax so we pride ourselves on the level of experience that we have over Mm. many many years and i think that shows in the number of clients we've been able to help um, either saving tax or getting them some money back which is all they need. yeah which is exactly what they want absolutely so how can people sort of reach out and contact you and you know what would be the the next steps if people did want to 
get in touch. Do you cover the whole of the UK? We do, yes. Yeah. I mean, we have clients down in London, obviously, and we have um, consultants who operate in regional areas. So we can come and see clients or talk to them over the phone, whatever, in in any area. Um, mm. I mean, I, I cover the east side of the country as well as East Midlands. But um, as I say, we have consultants that cover all areas. So if people become aware of us and they would like us to look at their, their tax affairs when it comes to property, um, we certainly, it doesn't matter where you are in the country. I mean, obviously, right. Scotland has a different system for SDLT. They have a buildings tax, which is, you know, they have devolved powers. And now the Welsh have done the same. Mm. So they're, although they pay a tax on property transactions, it's not the same as SDLT. Right. And the legislation, therefore, is different. Yeah. So we're really rather more looking at England and Northern Ireland, I suppose. But even yeah. there, you know, there can be issues. So, But I think most of our, our listeners will be... Yeah. Um, in that yeah. uh, in that area, I would say, and obviously, if if they're interested, um, we can pro- you can provide the details yeah. of, of we'll how to get in, in touch with us. Yes, yeah, how to get in contact with you directly, and um, you know, we'll be in touch with them and and talk through what their issues are, and you know, we'll be able to tell them pretty straightforwardly whether we think there's potential or not. Great. Um, so we like to think we are straightforward talkers. In and it. you can normally do that just over initial consultation. Let Absolutely. them know what they're. Yes, yeah. and whether there and there may be things that they come to us that they think are an issue, and then we find other things. <laughs> so the the thing they think is an issue might not be; it might be something else. Yeah, yeah, and that can often be the case. Yeah, no, great stuff. Well, I think that kind of wraps up everything we were we were looking at. Um, I'll obviously put all the the contact details in the show notes so people can get in touch with you directly. Um, and just really thank you for for your time and your expertise and sort of sharing it with us today. I mean, you're very welcome, David, and I hope that we can help some of your listeners out there who might be um, in the situation that, that we've just talked about. Yeah, no, so, definitely. You know, please do get in touch with us um, because, you know, it's better to check these things out and hopefully we can add some value for you. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks again for your time, David. Thank you very much, David. We look forward to answering your property questions and helping you with your next move. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast.